I understand fully how hectic it is to be a working mother, you know, holding down a W-2, having young kids, trying to figure out some sort of balance and still being stressed out that you're not performing well enough at work and in home and, you know, feeling that you can never be 100% in either or, and then finding this journey where passive income just gave me much more peace of mind, Mm. gave me a lifestyle that matched my priorities a lot better. Your network is your net worth. Come listen to some of the most successful people I know share invaluable knowledge, stories, and advice in real estate, business, and beyond. This is Weiss Advice. Whether you want to take your business or personal life to the next level, look no further. Welcome back to another episode of Weiss Advice. I am your host as always, Yona Weiss, and I am pleased to be joined today by another incredible guest. That's right. We have Kathy Jang all the way from Beautiful Phoenix, Arizona. What's going on, Kathy? How are you doing today? Hey, I'm good. I'm <laughs> very honored to be on the podcast. So thank you for having me. My pleasure. You, I always look for great guests and especially those who participate in my 10-day LinkedIn challenge, have a special place in my heart. So I appreciate you for, for taking the time doing that. And I'm sure you gained a little from that. It was absolute game changer for me. You know, I've never really been involved with LinkedIn until this challenge came along and just turned things upside down. <laughs> right? I mean, but, you probably had LinkedIn as a as just like a platform for many, many years, I'm sure, right? You had it right. listed your I resume there, some, your job. Exactly. And pretty much just left it at that really until your challenge came about and started posting daily. And I've never had so many people view my LinkedIn before I was hitting upwards of 5,000 some views and it was incredible and really got to connect with a lot of people from the past as well. So that's actually something I wanted to ask you about because you are, you know, for our listeners who want a little background, I mean, you are a real estate investor, you are a multifamily syndicator, which is probably something a lot of people are familiar with, but you had a very, you know, strong professional career for many, many years and have transitioned out of that. But what I'm curious about is obviously, and I'd love to touch on that a little bit while we're on the topic you know, you worked for several, you know, very large corporations over the years and, and companies. You had a lot of coworkers, I'm sure, right? And so you said people from your past life or people from your previous jobs or whatever, like reaching out to you, like, what was that about people? Is this the first time people were aware that you were involved in real estate investing? You know, great question. So I think because it's such a huge departure from what I was doing in the past, out of undergraduate school, I was in consulting. And then out of my MBA school, I went into medical devices. So different from real estate, right? And, um, you know, every now and then I do post about real estate on my social channels, but unless I'm talking to people on a personal level, Mm -hmm. they don't know that I made this huge transition (laughs) into real estate. And um, LinkedIn was such a powerful platform to kind of educate people on my new journey in life um, because, you know, it just from a professional perspective and a platform perspective allowed me to educate people on Mm. what this is all about because people that are focused in consulting or in medical devices don't necessarily know much about multifamily syndications or what it is about. And so it was intriguing enough where people saw that I was doing something new 
no idea what syndications was. So right. I would, I was getting calls on just, you know, this sounds interesting. That's what so is cool. it? What is a syndication? <laughs> That's so cool. And that's how you build, you know, these relationships and build, you know, potential yeah. investors as well, which is a huge opportunity. That's, I mean, one of the reasons why I push people to use it is because it is such a powerful professional platform. And especially you have a lot of people in corporate America, they just, they don't know what options are out there. Most people right. are just fed. You have to put into your 401k, you have to, you know, put into your retirement account and that's it. Like, yeah. And they're not and I don't necessarily blame told. them either because they're so busy with what they're doing. They don't have the time to be, you know, venturing off and looking at just random things that they're not, you know, <laughs> that's not top of mind for them. So totally understand that. <laughs> so how did you, so how did you get pulled into this? I mean, from a busy corporate life into, yeah. you know, you you're going to have time for question. it. <laughs> like, kind of fell into it, you know? So when I went to get my MBA, we were living in the Bay area and we owned a townhome. And by we, I mean, my husband and I, and so my MBA school was actually located in Chicago. And so we were going to be out there for two years and with an empty house in the Bay area. So we actually, that was our first rental. Okay. We got a property manager to, you know, kind of manage the day to day for us. And fell in love with real estate there. So it was not something that we were specifically looking to do, but had a need for. And luckily, I think that really made us aware of the great benefits of passive income. And from there, we were hooked. (laughs) Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, obviously, when you have your own property, and like you said, you fell into it by accident, really. Uh, How long did it take you from learning about that, like just kind of accidentally renting your property out until you went more full-time into it? Yeah, it did take us a while because we were completely doing things passively for a long time. So we started to build up more single family homes and really in the Bay Area, because that's where we just felt more comfortable with. And Mm -hmm. until we felt like we were educated in the space and comfortable with it, did we go out of state to really start getting the cash flow, mm. right? And then um, after a while, we were just like, this is great for retirement planning. We want to scale this. But we did the numbers back at the napkin. And we're like, we can't, we can't do 100 single family homes to replace both of our incomes. That's not going to work. How do we make this work? Wow. That's where the syndications multifamily came into play. Yeah. And, uh, you know, both of us were still W2 at that point. So we were still passively investing in multifamilies when we were both W2. Okay. But let me just ask you something like, like literally you did a back the app and like calculation and it would have taken you a hundred single families to get to, you know, to replace your income. And that's just crazy. And that's not really it passive. It's it's not, not, it's I mean, not. unless they're no. totally like turnkey and you have like <laughs> a property managers. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It was just administratively difficult to handle once you get close to 10, um, just to keep track of things. And, you know, we were in different states and different property managers, tax situations, tracking everything. Um, It was a lot. And so that really just kind of magnifies the beauty of multifamily, really, because then we were you know, playing with great economies of scale and, you know, never looked back once we did multifamily for sure. Amazing. Yeah. And so now that's something you're, you're taking on a more full-time role, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I have since left my W-2 when my passive income was able to cover my W-2 income. And um, so now I'm 
full-time real estate professional. And now I'm active and I'm a syndicating. Uh, my main focus now is the Phoenix market since I'm living here. Mm-hmm. But I started off actually in Kansas City, which I still syndicate in as well. That's great. Also, also great market. We literally just uh, interviewed someone else from Kansas City and, and talked nice. about the city and talked about some of the... Uh, the benefits of investing in the Midwest and specifically yeah. that, that market. So definitely a great market. And Phoenix is is hot like any other place in the world. I mean, it's probably the most hot market for multifamily. How do you find deals? Like that's really the that's really my question. <laughs> yeah, no, great question to add it because it was hard. You know, when I first moved here, I really try to, you know, ramp up because I'm familiar with multifamily. Obviously, I was I've been doing it in Kansas City. But when I came out to Phoenix and tried to land deals out here, things were not penciling out. And I quickly realized it was just because by the time I got the deal with these new brokers that I'm trying to form relationships with, you know, a hundred other people had already passed on the deal. Mm -hmm. And so that's when I started to reach out to more experienced syndicators that, you know, worked in the market. You know, I work very closely with a company called Vertical Street Ventures. Sure. They're my role models. And then also I worked with Easy Real Estate as well. And whenever Elisa was in town, I would shadow her, get to know brokers through her and just learn strategy from her as well. And so, you know, for me right now, for my properties that I have in Phoenix, I have been partnering with Vertical Street Ventures. They've been in the marketplace longer than I have. And it's been a very great partnership where, you know, I'm able to support them where I can. And, you know, I get to leverage their experience in the marketplace and it's been working very well. That's great. That's awesome. And that's really the lesson that I've heard over and over and over again is you don't have to go out on your own and find others who are much more experienced than you. And even if, you know, even if you have the experience, you can still leverage others' experience and also just the power of, of having a team and having people, the resources. Yeah. And vice versa. I also try to give back. So, you know, as new deals come on board, you know, we try to engage newer people as well, show them the ropes, because I really do believe this real estate journey is life changing. And the more people that we can educate and help along this process has been so worthwhile and so meaningful. So I enjoy that aspect tremendously sure. as well. Now, we talk about a lot on this podcast, and it's come up a few times recently that. You know, when you're going full-time into real estate, you retired, right? You resigned from your W-2 job. That was something you had been doing for years, but now really have another job. I mean, it's not like you've retired and and you're just, you know, hanging out on the beach or well, there's no beach in Phoenix, yeah. but you know, all day. So how do you how do you compensate for that? Because you know, one of the reasons that you retired was obviously you wanted more free time. You wanted to be able to spend time with your kids and and that's something that is very honorable, but now having a real estate as your new job, I mean, do you see it conflicting or are you able to kind of make your own time, your own hours and everything? That's a great question because I struggled with that for a while. And, you know, I I love working, but I think that the difficulty that I had when I was in my W-2 job was the freedom to use time as I wanted So, um, you know, it was hard for me while I was in the W-2 to prioritize my time for things that were more meaningful to me. So for me, I kind of sat down with my husband and we just set our goals of what we, our intentions were, 
what we wanted to focus on. And of course, family was at the top of that list. And as being in the syndication world, I think, you know, yes, we work hard, don't get me wrong, but we are able to formulate our hours in a way that works for us. So if I do need to take an hour off in the middle of the afternoon to take my kids to their soccer practice, I can. And, um, you know, coming from that W2 job, for me, it's like I am full of gratitude that I'm able to actually do something like that because I was never able to in the past. And if, if it's volunteering at school, I couldn't do that as a W2 worker either. And so I find it to be such a blessing, these small things in life, but that things that actually mean a lot and are significant to me, I'm able to do as a real estate professional. Absolutely. And I think when when you're able to make that own time, and we all struggle with that. I mean, especially those of us who have families, we have kids, want to make sure we're we're not missing anything. We want to make sure we're giving them our full attention, especially at the times when when we're with them. And I think that's, to me as a parent, one of the most important things I try to do is, you know, focus at least the time that I am with them, you know, be fully with them and and not be distracted with your phone or with work or with anything else. Because that can be, especially if you're an entrepreneur and you're someone who is just real estate investing, you may get a call at any time. You may get, you know, property manager or or you know an investor calling up at a certain time. But it's yeah. important to kind of make those boundaries. And I think when you when you realize that, the sooner you realize that, the more success you'll have. Yeah. And I think it's something that I've been really trying to be intentional about because it's not easy for me to (laughs) balance that out. But at least being a real estate professional, I think it's enabled me to have much greater freedom when it comes to that. And I appreciate that. 100%. So how did you find Kansas City out of of curiosity from the Bay Area? Like, did you have any ties to that market beforehand? Or, you know, how did you how did you stumble upon Kansas City? Right. So we were looking at metrics, um, you know, in general, we love to look at population growth, job growth, mm-hmm. job diversity, um, you know, things like that. And so we really cut down the list of major metros um, and then identified just a handful that we wanted to focus on. And based off of those metrics, Kansas City was one of the five. And so uh, my partners and I actually we just really dug into the handful of metros mm-hmm. and um, underwrote everything that came on the market. And, um, you know, we underwrote from, you know, all five metros, but Kansas City was one that we were just able to consistently find deals in and that made sense and that, you know, we really just wanted to pursue. And so it kind of shook out that way for us. That's great. I mean, that really, that's the way to do it. If if you don't know where you want to focus on, just obviously focus on the metrics. And there's a lot of data out there. If anyone's looking, there's, you know, CoStar and CBRE and all these different brokerage houses put out a lot of data on a quarterly basis. And you can really learn a lot about job growth and and all these different things that are going to contribute to the growth of these markets. So that's cool. That's, That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And all the fundamentals were there yeah. uh, from the data analysis. So it made sense for us. And what are you, what are you doing? Uh, I mean, what do you enjoy most about the multifamily? Obviously, this is something you're educating people all the time, especially investors and others who are trying to do the similar thing. But what is it most about it that, you, that just pulls you? Yeah, I think I've been able to make the most impact through this 
career choice as opposed to in the past. And, you know, I think because it has enabled me to have a lifestyle that is so much more meaningful to me, has made me that much more passionate about just educating people about it as well. And so, you know, I understand fully how hectic it is to be a working mother, you know, holding down a W-2, having young kids, trying to figure out some sort of balance and still being stressed out that you're not performing well enough at work and in home and, you know, feeling that you can never be 100% in either or. And then finding this journey where passive income just gave me much more peace of mind, Mm. gave me a lifestyle that matched my priorities a lot better, you know, and it just enabled me a lifestyle that has been so meaningful. And I want that for other people. And, you know, that's why I like and really enjoy just educating people on it. For sure. So besides for the education, I mean, you say, um, you say the, it's, it's giving you ability to, to make an impact. Like, what does that mean to you? Yeah, it's, you know, other, it tends to be a, frequently other moms that are reaching out to me Uh saying, Hey, like I, you know, what can I do to, you know, to build my passive income? Right. Cause they don't want to be in this nine to five forevermore. (laughs) And so it's one step at a time and just educating them on opportunities, whether or not syndication is the right thing, but just, you know, real estate in general, I think opens up a lot of doors um, and possibilities for people. Sure. One of the barriers that I found, and you know, maybe this is something that you you had a uh, experience with also, or maybe some some mothers, working mothers, may have the same, I guess, challenge is that sometimes investing in real estate requires you to be an accredited investor, and it requires you to have obviously some capital, right, to put away. Not everyone has you know this huge amount of capital putting aside for that time that they're going to invest in real estate. So, like, how do you? educate people on on what they can do if they're not necessarily in that situation where maybe they're not an accredited investor yet. And and maybe they don't have, you know, fifty, hundred thousand dollars just sitting around, you know, to invest in real estate. Yeah. Yeah. You know, aside from being an accredited investor, we actually do have 506B syndication opportunities as well. So that means um, they can instead of being a credit investor, sophisticated investors also qualify. And so if they are knowledgeable enough about investments and financials, then they're able to invest in the 506B syndications, which is great. And, you know, I tell them, although we typically do set minimums for investments, if, if we need to work something out to just get them in the game, I'm happy to do so because, you know, this journey, I think can benefit a lot of people. And by all means, if I can help with that, I'm more than happy to, you know, but everyone's journey is different. And for other people, it could be, maybe they, you know, would want to, I don't know, do a single family rental or explore Airbnb, you know, and we we will discuss other options that might work better for their circumstances and, you know, see what's the best fit for them. Absolutely. It's great because, you know, like I said, it is a challenge, but when you have someone like yourself who is, who is giving the opportunities to other people, you're opening up doors. And so if maybe someone can't get in that door, you find a way, you find a way to get them in. Because like you said, the ability of someone can invest maybe $10,000 or something, and they can, that's going to make a huge impact on them. You know, maybe it's relatively small for, for some person, but for that person, it's actually going to make a, 
just going to allow them to get in the game and see the impact and the results that that investment can have. I mean, I think it's well worth it. And yeah, giving those opportunities yeah. are, you know, you got to, you got to do what you can. You got to do with what you, what you have. Right. And, you know, I'm happy to connect people, um, you know, and leverage whatever resources that I have. So even if it's not, you know, a direct, if they're not able to invest in my syndications, but there's something that I know would be a better fit, I am happy to make that connection to, it could be someone else that I know yeah. or whatnot. And I think that's a power of just our real estate community overall. People are so willing to, you know, help other people out. It's we, a lot of people tend to have a growth mindset where, right. you know, we're always just trying to continue to, you know, become better individuals as well. hundred percent. That's one of the things I love the most about like the multifamily space is that, you know, a lot of different businesses, and I'm sure maybe you've had this experience, people can be a little bit cutthroat or, 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 you know, not the abundant mindset that you find within the, the community. I think a lot of people are trying to leave that kind of toxic environment they may have had in a corporate workplace, or they're just a growth oriented person and trying to become better people, not just trying to make more money, which I think corporate America has, you know, what can you do to make more money? Like, how can you be successful? And the defining success is totally based on, you know, what job ranking or, or seniority or amount of money that you, that you have. So that's something that I've found. And the funny thing is I asked this question at the end, I'll ask to you as well shortly is what does success mean to you? And out of the 200 plus episodes we've recorded, I think only one person actually like focused on money. I was surprised by that. <laughs> they were talking about, I, you know, I'd like to have, you know, this and this and this. And to me, that was like surprising because everyone else it's, it's about more, it's about impact. It's about freedom. It's about you know, what we can do, but not about money and not about stature. Right. It's not our end goal by any means. For sure. So on that note, Kathy, I would love to transition now to what we call the final four. And these are four questions I ask all my guests. And the first question to you is, what is the worst job that you ever had? I think, well, by definition, I'm going to say flipping burgers at Sonic. But I I mean, it, relatively speaking, I actually still enjoyed it. It's probably the worst <laughs> job I had. But, um, you know, it was such a growth experience because it was so drastically different from all of the other more white collar jobs that I've had. I've learned so much from the individuals that I worked with, you know, and what a hard day to labor <laughs> is and yeah. all of that good stuff. But, you know, in the end, it was a learning moment for me. So I want to change that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just going to assume that was when you were young. <laughs> it was actually, I already had a job coming out of undergraduate okay. uh, school, but it was kind of a learning opportunity that I took just sure. right after, right after college. <laughs> Listen, it, it sounds like it was a learning opportunity. So good for you, but no, it's <laughs> yeah. awesome because, you know, you know, isn't a, the worst job doesn't necessarily have to be a bad job. It just, you know, it's relatively you know, when you look at your overall uh, perspective, but some people have some war stories. So it's always fun to, <laughs> to hear different perspectives. But second question for you, what is a book that you've read that's given you a paradigm shift? Yeah. Atomic habits comes to mind. Mm. So, you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed by tasks at hand, just feeling like there's so much that needs to be done. But with, with atomic habits, it's more about just putting bite-sized pieces that kind of go into your daily habits to make that change easier. So, you know, if I'm 
always drinking coffee in the mornings. What habit can I tie to that to create an increment change in my life? So being able to break things down into small bite-sized pieces have mm-hmm. been game-changing, really. It just makes it so much easier to create change. Absolutely. Awesome book. Definitely yeah. highly recommended. So we'll put that in the show notes if anyone wants to check Atomic Habits out. Awesome. Third question, what's a skill or talent that you would like to learn? That's a good question. So my kids have been going into martial arts. So as a kid, I was in martial arts in Taekwondo in particular, but I am thinking of picking up karate with them just because I think for just every day, just being able to like really understand how to, first of all, self self-defense is fantastic, but also just to, to ensure that you're able to, you know, be able to have the flexibility and the mobility and all of that stuff has been phenomenal watching their growth. And so I think it'd be fun to, to partake in it too. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Why not? Uh, you know, I just don't, just don't join the same class, you know, and the, <laughs> Like Kramer, you know, if anyone remembers that Seinfeld episode where Kramer was fighting the the kids in the dojo. Okay, that was. (laughs) Fourth and final question What does success mean to you? Yeah, it's funny because I know you mentioned this and I didn't intend to copy what you said, but it absolutely rings true for me as well. But success for me at the end of the day is freedom and impact. So, Freedom in the sense that I can determine the priorities in my life and how I want to use my time. Mm -hmm. And then impact in the sense of how do I help the community around me? How do I help other people to the best of my ability? And that makes what I do so much more meaningful. It gives me something to wake up and look forward to. So definitely what I consider success. Awesome. So good to speak with you, Kathy. I appreciate you taking the time today. Where can our listeners find you or reach out to you? Absolutely. So this is my website, diamondpointhomes.com. All of my socials are on there so they can figure out whatever works best for them to contact me. Okay. Sounds good. We'll make sure to put that in the show notes as well. And you know, just appreciate you taking the time out of your day and wish you much continued success and uh, looking forward to, to seeing some of your karate moves. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it. Awesome. And to our listeners, thank you again for joining once again until the end. And remember, the best advice comes only when you ask. Real quick, I have one question for you. Did you like this episode? If you did, I want to ask you a huge favor. See, the biggest thing that helps this podcast grow and that will spread this message to the whole world is that if you leave a review, a rating, and subscribe to the podcast. What that does is it basically tells the platforms that this podcast is out on is that you like my stuff and I'm doing something right. So take a few seconds out of your day, hit that subscribe button, leave a rating or review. I would be extremely grateful. Also, I want to hear from you guys. So I want to hear some feedback. If you have any questions for future episodes, please find me on LinkedIn, send me a DM, a connection request, Yona Weiss, and I'd love to hear from you.